dear God, we just want to thank you, uh, Lord, for this time. Uh, your word says we're two or three are gathered, your spirit is present. So let your spirit be present and with us. Uh, Lord, speak through Darius. Let him be uh, your vessel. Uh, let his mouth uh, be your mouth. Let him speak your words. Let him teach exactly what you want him to teach on. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to just work on one accord first with you and then with one another uh, so that that this live would edify um, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that this live would um, equip them to walk um, in love as disciples and to mature as disciples, that, that they would not be blown and tossed by every wind of doctrine and that they would become mature and complete and lacking nothing. And God, we just thank you for this time. It is a blessing that we have the opportunity to teach and preach your word. Uh, we do not take it lightly. So, so just be with us, be upon us. Help our eyes just be fixed on you, Jesus, as the author and perfecter of our faith. And Lord, just help us to just walk in love, God, and, 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 and help us to, to just love the people that we have the opportunity to serve today. Um, and Lord, bring every single person, we, we call forth every single person that needs to be on here for this, Lord, stir them up in their spirits, Lord. Um, and we just bind the enemy and anything the enemy tries to do. So right now, we put on the, the, the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, God, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, Lord, feet filled with the readiness of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one. And Lord, as we pick up your word, let it be a sword to strike down every stronghold and every pretension that sets itself up against your knowledge. God, let this time help us to be more intimate with you, help us to be stronger. God, that, that we would um uh, that we would be like young men spiritually, Lord, over being able to overcome the plans and the strategies of the evil one. And Lord, let your gospel go forth from this time. Let your kingdom be advanced from this time. Um, and help us just to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We love you. We bless you, God, and just release your spirit during this time. We pray in agreement with you, Holy Spirit, and as sons of the Most High God. Yahweh, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Darius, the floor is yours, man. Thank you, bro. That was a powerful prayer. So uh, tonight I'm just going to kind of do a recap real quick of what we kind of talked about on Sunday. Um, so I won't go as in-depth, but I'm definitely going to cover some of the stuff. And so Last week, Justin did an amazing job on kind of kicking off the downward part and talking to us about the importance of authority and dominion. And uh, just like some of the stuff that we lost in trying to get back to that rightful place based off of, off of sin and where we were in sin. And so I'm just kind of picking up where he left off just to continue in that same vein when it comes to dominion. Uh, but one of the things I want to start off with is the way I'm going to approach it and the way I approached it was a little bit different than what some may expect because in preparing for it, what I understood and what I was showed was sometimes it's knowing what is offered that helps us understand what is lost. Sometimes it's knowing what is offered that helps us understand what is lost. And so sometimes we don't realize what we've missed out on until something is presented to us to let us know that, oh man, we missed out on it, right? So a great example is like, we just before we uh, got into it, we were talking about like, man, we didn't realize that we could turn alive 
into a podcast. So we didn't realize that that was something we could do. And so we didn't, un- we didn't understand it. It was something we were missing out on at the time because we didn't know that it was something that could, could happen. And so, so many of us have journeyed on through life not understanding what we're missing out on because we don't know what we're not connected to. We don't know what we're not attached to. And so the scripture that, uh, that I started out in was John 14, John 14, uh, verses 10 through 17. And I'm reading out of the uh, Christian Standard Bible tonight. So John 14, verses 10 through 17. And so it says, uh, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I, don't, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe, otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these because I'm going to because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, um, another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. And so the and so what I really wanted to emphasize in the midst of this too was verse 12 is like truly I tell you that the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. He will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Whatever is because I am going to the Father. So one of the very first things that I just kind of pulled out and wanted to highlight was the importance of us believing and not just us believing, but the importance of us reconnecting and us reconnecting to the father and reconnecting to the son and reconnecting to the Holy spirit, like us being reconnected and aligned with him properly and understanding that this is stuff that we were supposed to be able like, this is stuff that we're supposed to be able to do, but because of the fall, because of sin, because of those things, we're not properly, we weren't properly able to do them. But on this side, when we truly believe and we truly reconnect, we are able to do them. And so one of the, another thing that I wanted to point out, too, is one of the things that Jesus did and he as he modeled and was an example for us is like Jesus. Jesus mission was to show us how we should be connected to the father and his spirit, along with how we as his children should really operate in the earth. How we should operate in the earth as his children. So these are like, this is an example. He gave us many examples that I'm going to kind of go through um, and highlight for you. And so another thing that we kind of talked about in the midst of it too, was Jesus understood the assignment. He knew what he was here to do. He he, he had the, the right attitude about what he was here to do and didn't let anything throw him off. Sometimes we don't understand the assignment and because we don't understand the assignment and we don't understand who we are, we can't properly operate and function 
and be and walk in dominion the way that we should and have the authority that we should because we don't understand who we are and we don't understand our assignment. And so what also gets us tripped up as times is if I'm trying to do what Justin is supposed to be doing and I'm not, and I'm not anointed to do what Justin is supposed to be doing and God isn't telling me to do what Justin is supposed to be doing, then I will never see the works and the miracles and the signs and the things that come with those believe in that area because it's not my assignment. So understanding that is key. We have to understand our assignment. And then another thing that we see that we'll see too, and I want to touch on is Jesus's attitude versus the world's attitude. Like Jesus had an attitude. He understood who he was. He was compassionate. He operated in the fullness of who he was. He was meek. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't self-centered. He wasn't seeking after self. He wasn't trying to get the glory for himself versus a lot of times in the world, that's what we see. How is it going to make me better? How is my platform going to grow? How am I going to be able, I, 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 all these I statements that is far from the representation of him and far from us being connected to him. So these are just some of the things that we have to understand. These are just some of the things that, that we need to uh, be aware of is looking how Jesus moved and his attitude towards things versus the world and being able to, to look at that and, and see where we go from there. Um, another thing that I wanted to just highlight as well was what did we lose dominion over in the earth based off of what Jesus had dominion over? I'm going to talk about what we lost based off of what Jesus did and the dominion that he had. So one of the things, uh, one of the scriptures that I had highlighted was Mark 11 verses 12 and 15, which I'm not going to turn here now, but like this, the story about Jesus in the fig tree and him talking, him ca talking to the root and cursing it and helping us understand that like he's showing the dominion that you're supposed to have in the earth. He's showing the power that we're supposed to have with our words. He's showing that, that the earth should listen to us. This is the way it was created. It's taken us back to Genesis before the fall. As man said it, so it was because of the authority and what was given to us. And so that's a great example. Another example that we see is sickness and disease. And so there's several scriptures I have here because one of the things that I had wanted to point out is it wasn't just Jesus, but it was all it was those who believed and who followed him as well. And so Luke 17 verse, uh, verses 11 through 19, Luke 17 verse 11 through 19 that was one of the scriptures that I used, and that was Jesus healing the lepers. And then the next one was Acts 5, verses 12 through 16. Acts 5, verses 12 through 15, I mean through 16. And that was the apostles. The apostles was walking through, and they were healing people. People was bringing them to them to be healed, and that showed them walking in dominion. And then the last example I had was in Acts 28, verses 8, with Paul. And Paul was 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 healing and going places and healing. And so we see this and the reason and again I said these examples were of different people because too many times we automatically disqualify ourselves because we'll just say, Well, Jesus did it and that's it. But Jesus said, and I started off with it like those that believe will have be able to do what he did in greater. And so we have to understand that. So when we talk about the apostles, they're no longer. Jesus is no longer walking with them. When we talk about Paul, Paul isn't walking with Jesus, but yet the miracle signs and wonders are taking place and they're healing sickness and disease 
because they are properly connected with the Father. They're properly connected with the Spirit. They're properly connected with the Son. They are properly connected. And so another another area that I uh, talked about was um, evil spirits. And so we have uh, Mark verses five. I mean, Mark chapter five, verses one through 20, which was Jesus. Jesus dealing with evil spirits. And this one specifically had to do with the uh, man who was who was demon possessed in the, uh, in the uh, cemetery and how he was cutting himself up and everything and how he was delivered. And how when he was delivered, he was sent to go do something. And so that's that's an example. Other example was in Acts 16, verses uh, 16 through 18, which is about the, um, this one was about the, un, the unsaved uh, slave girl. And how with Paul, how Paul, and I'm actually going to read this one because uh, I want to really kind of dig into that one a little bit. So it's Acts 16, verses 16 through 18. And so it says, Once as, as uh, we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune telling. As they followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation are servants of the most high God. She did this for many days. Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out right away. So again, we see Paul walking in this authority and this dominion over evil spirits in the earth because of his connection to the father. Another thing that we see too is that and now that I wanted to highlight is understanding that you can be disconnected and still and still and it still be perceived as you being connected. Right. So she wasn't connected, but yet she was tapped into the future. She wasn't connected, but yet people was making money off of her for what she foreseen. And so one of the things I wanted us to reflect on during Bible study on Sunday was like, is that us? Are you being used in that way? And you're not really connected. Are people profiting off of you and your gifts because you don't understand who you are and you haven't fully been delivered? So just understanding where we are, seeing if we're being if we're in that place. And it's us that is that is detached and it's us that's having this this issue. And so that was one of the things that um, I just wanted to highlight real quick with with that one. And then the last thing that I discussed um, that, and then we'll open it up for more discussion was Mark 16, Mark 16, verses 15 through 17, Mark 16, verses 15 through 17. And the reason why this one stuck out so much is because this refers to all believers. It's not just talking about Jesus himself. It's not talking about the apostles. It's not talking specifically about Paul. No, it's talking about all believers. So, um, in the 15th verse, it says, then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. 
this verse is full of things that we are supposed to have dominion over as believers because we are reconnected to the Father. We once lost the dominion. We once lost that power because of sin and, and us being disconnected. But it's possible for us to get back to that place as we believe and we understand exactly who it is that we're supposed to be, exactly who it is we're connected to, exactly whose name we represent, and we get out of ourselves and connect with him. We leave, we leave the pride and the, and, the, and the I statements and the selfishness behind and connect to the Father and connect to the source and truly abide in him so that we can have what true dominion is. And so, yeah, that's basically uh, uh, the recap from this weekend. I tried to keep it a little fast. I'm sorry for those who may have been trying to be keeping up, but this is, again, it's just a recap. So um, now, fellas, like, let's open it up for a discussion. What are some things that, that really stood out to y'all? Well, I just want to say, man, incredible job, man. I've, I've been just so encouraged by this portion of the series. Um, the question that will arise for, I guess, men of these days, and I think it was asked on the, on the Zoom call, was, you know, how do I walk in dominion? And what about my past? And what qualifies me for dominion? And one thing that you said that stuck with me and it will always stick with me is get over yourself. <laughs> get over yourself and you kind of uh, reiterated that in this last portion of what you said and man i i struggle with that man there are there was a time that god was using me heavy with word of knowledge and the prophetic utterances and stuff like that and there'll be sometimes man i'll be in situations where i know god is speaking but i just be like man but what if i say something wrong i'm gonna look stupid what if i like you know what if this what if they don't believe at all and they just like they ridicule me or whatever the case may be. And I talked to a friend and he said, man, that's because you think that word is from you. Like if you truly believe that it's from God, then what comes out is none of your business. Be obedient, get over yourself. And so the call to be uh, to get over yourself, I think is pivotal if we are in Christ. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, I, I mean, I always say, man, if I was Jesus, the Bible would have been a crazy remix. I'm telling you, it would have been fireworks, <laughs> bombs. Man, I would have had acid burning people's skin out. Look, it would have been a story of stories. But Jesus, <laughs> I promise you, like, the, it would have been a Nigerian Nollywood film. The ground would have been cracking. <laughs> Angel, show up with the machine guns. I already know about the machine guns because I know about them in the future because I'm Jesus. I would have been doing stupid stuff. The Bible would have been foolish if I was Jesus. But thank God, I'm not Jesus. And what he did was extremely beautiful and powerful. Um, first of all, Jesus did not recount and Jesus did not boast of what he just did. He just came out of a 40-day fast. And that in and of itself was not the qualifier in which he used to defeat the enemy, but instead... Jesus himself reiterated the very word of God, who he is and who he's from. This is our rubric in the way that we fight, in the way that we warfare, in the way that we stand in dominion. We come out there 
and we represent. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Satan actually in this area of dominion said, here, here are the kingdoms of this world. If you just bow down to me, they shall be yours. And Jesus, hey, look, look, that's not tempt the Lord thy God and only him shall you serve. Can't remember the exact uh, response that Jesus gave, but he gave him that scripture. And I love this because Jesus himself in that state did not use what he had done and how he had overcome the wilderness as his qualifier. Like he could have said, I just fasted for 40 days. How dare you tempt me? How dare you? No, he said, the Lord thy, the, the Lord thy God. You, now, he reiterated. He didn't even create a new statement. He repeated written word. And so it just gives us another justification for, hey, look, walking in dominion has nothing to do with what you just did or what you didn't do. In fact, sanctification is the process of purification, which is also a sanctified way of saying, get over yourself. It is the process of getting you out the way so that there is potency of what God is saying and what God is doing. If you are a vessel, sanctification is clearing out the gunk of you so that God can potently give himself in the situation. And we see that display in that area of uh, temptation. So for those who are like, how can I walk in dominion? Well, first of all, if you are in Christ, you must recognize that it's not about you. It's about what God is doing. And we could lean on the finished work of the cross to walk in that dominion. So I just want to say that, man, excellent job, Darius. I'm about to look at the screen, so I'm, I'm pausing real quick. <laughs> And yeah, um, and, and to even um, bounce off of that point of getting over yourself, like we, we, we see in the Bible, there is strategies for getting over ourselves because some people could be like, okay, get over myself, how? And, and we see in the word of God, some strategies to get over ourselves that we may walk in dominion. And I just want to refer back to some of the texts that um, uh, Darius was teaching from um, just to, uh, to keep it as streamlined as possible. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. And so one of the things that we need in order to walk in dominion is belief. Our faith will dictate how much dominion that we walk in. Why? Because this is what the word of God says. And these signs will follow those who believe. So if the following statements feel intimidating, then we know one of the first things that is needed is an increase in faith. And the great thing with the word of God is that in the increase of faith, God has given strategies for us to increase our faith, right? And, and we have to understand how important faith is because the word of God says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And here's why, because in faith is what allows us to, to operate in dominion um, no, Ezekiel, I think you came off for some reason. Um, I'm not sure as to why, but uh, as soon as you uh, do the request thing, then I can just add you back. Um, but in our, our faith is what allows us to do that because it says in faith, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. So if all those things require faith, 
then we need to then figure out how do we objectively build our faith? Well, going back to the word of God, the word of God says faith comes from hearing the word. And how do we hear the word? We hear the word, one, through the word being spoken to us. And we hear the word also through us speaking the word. So that means one of the strategies that God gave me to increase faith. Ezekiel, I'm trying to add you back now. There we go. One of the strategies that I've seen through the word that God's given me to, to have faith is a lot of times, maybe, uh, let me not speak for everybody, but if anybody can relate, amen. I used to read the word silently. Like I would open my Bible and I would just, just, you know, I would be reading it, but I would just be reading it quietly along. One of the things that God began to show me is, hey, when you're reading the word of God, speak. There's power in, in, in our speech because the word of God also says life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if we are speaking the word of God through our own mouths, we are speaking that into our own, into the atmosphere around us and into our own souls. And this stirs up faith objectively, like this is the word of God. And so especially then when we're now taking the word of God and applying it through faith, through our mouths, vocally, to whatever situations we're dealing with, then our faith will begin to increase. And as our faith increases, then we'll begin to understand who we are because the more that we speak and the more that we hear the word of God, and that's going to be the second point, community, the more that we, our faith will be stirred up because what does God say? Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the second way to increase faith is through community. When we are in community of people who are living as disciples, right? If they are in faith speaking the word of God to us, then they're taking the, the Bible, the Logos word. And if they're speaking the word of God into our life, it becomes a prophetic word, a rhema word, meaning that this written word of God now becomes living and active. And Hebrews 4.12 tells us what that does. In Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And so when we have faith being the word spoken, whether it's through our mouths or in communities with other disciples, other followers of Jesus that are speaking faith, into us or speaking the word of God into us, then our faith begins to increase. And, and that's why yeah. we even see often when you see the miraculous happening in the book of Acts or even in, um, even in the, the gospels, we often see there's a two by two happening. So while miracles can happen in isolation, right? Often we see the miracles happening two by two because when two or three are gathered, the spirit of God is present. Why? Because if there, you have two people who are operating on one accord and speaking the word of God and faith into one another, then when there are situations that occur, then they're not just alone. You know, in Luke 10, we see uh, another example kind of of dominion uh, prior to the, to the resurrection ascension of Christ. But Jesus sends them out two by two. He sends out the 72 by two and they come back rejoicing. And of course, the big thing he says, hey, you know, amen that you're able to cast out demons. Really rejoice that your name is written in heaven, meaning what? Really rejoice that, you know, you have this intimate relationship with the father and that you've been accepted as a son of God because, you know, the, the casting out of demons in and of itself isn't what's good when it's done by the spirit of God uh, or by the finger of God. It says the kingdom of God is what's being advanced. But 
with that operating two by two in conjunction, these are things that help us to build faith. And if we understand that, okay, belief or faith is, is one of the first predicators to operating in dominion specifically, right? Then, then we understand, okay, that's what needs to be built up. And of course, just to make sure, I saw Johnny comment in the chat earlier, faith with love. And of course, love is the primary thing. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. But in our love, we, we must then now add faith because our, our, love, our love should drive us towards faith. Because what is faith? Faith is trusting in the heart of God, you know, as we talked about in some of the prior sessions. And when we trust the heart of God in faith, then we will then have the faith to be obedient to what he commands, which helps us to walk deeper in his love because the Bible says, if we love him, then we'll keep his commands. But some of his commandments can't be kept without faith. So it's kind of like the love is the, is the foundation because God is love, but we then have to build with faith and hope that we would mature to operate in greater and greater amounts of dominion, but I'm getting excited, so I'm gonna just stop for a second and, and, and zip uh, and pass the mic back. <laughs> Bro, you was you was gone, man. I I was sitting there just listening. I'm not even mad at it. Um, I will say though, one of the things that I just wanted to make sure that I kind of reiterated too that I talked about um, on Sunday that you kind of remind me of was. Uh, understanding like the importance of his word right but not just the scripture because one of the things we talked about too was like if you like the importance of the spirit right so the first and foremost understanding the importance of holy spirit and understanding the importance of him speaking and and understanding the importance of everything that that entails because like if you don't have the the holy spirit to be able to lift those words off the page to you and be able to really speak to you, then you'll be no different than you'll be no different than the Pharisees, right? You'll be just like them. Like God will be moving and God will be doing stuff, and you'll be you'll be stuck in old ways because you don't realize what's really going on. So that's one of the things. And then also understanding that like God personalizes things. So there's some words that God has specifically for you, right? Like He changed Abraham's name. They changed Peter's name. He's changed so many people's names. And it was the name in that day that was like the character of who you are, like what I call you is who you are. So understanding that that was the word for their life, that's who they are. So we need to understand that too, like that the Lord has a word for you specifically that you need to meditate on as well. That's a part of what you need to meditate on because you can't hold on to everything that like, um, I like using this example, like David may be my favorite Bible character. And that's cool, but if God isn't speaking to me through David's life and speaking to, to me through the story of David, then I'm in the loss because I'm trying to relate to something that has absolutely nothing to do with me. And so I'm in error because I'm not rightfully connected to the Father the way I need to, and I'm not rightfully seeing myself the way I need to. And so it's it's in the naming, it's in him talking to us, it's in him giving the identity that we get the authority as well, right? It's in him talking about who you are. It's in him saying who you are that you get that authority. So we just got to make sure too that that we're holding on to that, to that word as well. And then another thing that I highlighted that I just kind of want to share too was like 
the importance of studying the different habits of Jesus, right? One of the ways that we can stay connected and one of the ways we're able to fully function and operate in everything that we're supposed to be is by following his ways, following his example. You know, like, I feel like sometimes what would Jesus do has become so cliche because you, you're you using it in moments that it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Like, and you're not really studying what he did to do what he did because he's supposed to be the example in the earth. So are you taking that time? Are you separating yourself to be one-on-one with the father? Are you separating yourself to get in, get with, uh, to, to line yourself up properly? Are you fasting and praying? Is that something that you're doing? Are you taking that initiative to make sure that you're rightfully connected? Um, we talked about the word and meditating on the word. Like, are you doing that? Um, are you, uh, are you connected to people who are like-minded? And one of the things that I need to point out when it comes to like-minded that God highlighted to me is like, like-minded doesn't mean that we go to the same church because there's a lot of people who go to the same church that doesn't have the same mindset that you have. So therefore, that doesn't mean that you're walking the same walk, that you're talking the same talk. I've been in places, I know Justin's been in places where, where uh, and Ezekiel's been in places where we, we're seeing one thing and we're all sitting under the same word, but we're seeing people respond to it totally different. We're seeing people use it to justify stuff that they're that they're that they're doing that they know they shouldn't be doing. We see people using it to manipulate. We see people using it for all these different things. And so we have to make sure that that we have a community that is rightly dividing the word and we have a community of people in our lives that is walking the way that we that we're supposed to be walking, because that's how we can continue to move forward. That's how we move on. And so those are those are just some of the habits that I wanted to make sure that I shared uh, with everybody so that there's some practical um, steps in that. Because I know one of the questions that we had got on Sunday was like, well, how do I go about doing this? Like, how can I how can I begin to walk this out now? And so those are some practical ways to begin to walk it out now. Mm. Um, and, and I just want to make a, a prayerfully a brief point, um, even even just based off of that. You know what I'm saying? I say prayerfully because sometimes I be going back, you know, the spirit, the spirit is subject to us. So amen. Um, but I think one of the things is that identity begets authority. Identity begets authority. Come on, Justin. Jesus walked in dominion because he knew who he was. The father affirmed him. He said, this is my son whom I love. In him I'm well pleased. There's a reason why he had the strength to go in. And again, he was led by the spirit into that wilderness, referring back to what Ezekiel was talking about in Luke 4, I believe, is talking about. He had the strength to go into that because not because God has spoke that word over his life and he understood who he was. And that's constantly referred to. He said, I am the father, I'm one. I am the son of God. I am the son of man. He was constantly referring to his identity. And what we see, something that's so unique in, in uh, Luke 4 is that the, there's a reason why he spoke the word of God. He didn't just do it religiously. In John 1, it says that Jesus is the word of God. So he spoke who he is. When he's responding with scripture, it wasn't this religious response to Satan. 
Jesus is the living word of God. So he was speaking yeah. who he is. And then even when Satan tried to deceive him with messianic prophecy about himself during that last part of the temptation, he's like, hey, he was calling Psalm 91. He's like, hey, just throw yourself off, bro. Kill yourself. Like, God will save you, won't he? If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. It was an attack on identity. And because in that battle, he never lost his identity. He always responded from identity. What scripture then says is that after when the angels came and ministered to him, and then after that, he began moving in great authority. And that's when you begin to see the miraculous works come forth in the casting out of demons and the healing of the sick and the preaching. And what everyone would say from that point is he has so much authority. Why? It's from this place of identity, being a son of God, both emotionally and objectively, meaning emotionally he received affirmation from the Father. Emotionally he received validation of who he was from the Father, but he also understood, I am the Christ. I, you know, he, he had responsibilities in his identity in being able to walk in both things. Then he was able to move in authority throughout the rest of his life in a way that when other people who, you know, like the Pharisees, they may have had intellectual knowledge of the word of God, but he is the word of God and he never deterred from that identity. So when he speaks, casting out a demon, you know, they listen, even when there was resistance, right? There, there, there were times, and that's something that um, I'll, uh, yeah, I feel led to make this point. So I will say that there are times, even in walking in authority and identity and, and in dominion, that there's going to be resistance, you know, with Jesus, when he first tries to cast out the demon with legion, it did not immediately leave. That did not diminish his dominion. He continued to walk in dominion until the work was finished. We actually see the same thing in, in the book of Acts, right? In, in some translations for Acts 16, uh, some translations say that it, the, the, the girl with the spirit of divination uh, came out, it, the spirit came out within the hour. So it says some say at this moment, some say within the hour. So what did that mean? It isn't always this immediate process but if there's a yeah. continued walking in it, dominion can be exerted if we never lose our sense of, not a sense of self in the natural, but our sense of our God-given identity. We have an inherited identity of sonship from Jesus the Christ. And that makes us co-heirs. And that's why I said, get over yourself. Because it's like, it's not about our sin. It's not about our past. It's about the identity that God has given us. If he says that we're accepted in the beloved, if he says that we're co-heirs in Christ, if he says that we're saints, if he says that we're citizens, if he says that we're sons of God, if he says that we're his children, if he says that we're covered by the blood, then how dare we, we need to have faith in what he said. And how dare we trust anything else above that. And when that's really our conviction, walking in dominion to the degree that we receive our identity or inherit our identity as as the children of God, it makes it easier to walk in said identity. I said I wasn't going to go long, so I'm going to stop there. Man, if you don't preach on this live joke, right. what's your last name again? <laughs> I just want to say, I want to say your middle name and your last name on that one. That's, that was crazy. <laughs> um, I want to uh, remind you guys of a point that you guys made on the Zoom about the, um, and we could probably have to, you know, shut it down in, in 10 minutes about the way that Jesus walked in dominion and authority and about, and you talked about identity begets dominion or, or authority. Uh, it's tempting, man, when you, when we talk about authority and, and dominion, you know, we have, it's almost like, uh, 
you give a man a gun and he's going to want to use it. He's going to want to show, show that power. And I think there has to be some type of distinct, distinction, right? Um, because if we're walking in this new power, then we're going to be tempted to display the power. And it's interesting that Jesus on this earth, while in position and, uh, you know, predisposed to situations where it could have been, you know, rightful, like I was talking about, to display power, he chose to display God. And I think that makes the difference because as a vessel of authority, then there also becomes this uh, area of decision. And I, I always, I call it divine decision or divine de decision or discernment where in every situation, Christ chose to show God. In certain situations, it required him to correct. It required him to rebuke harshly. In certain situations, it required him to show mercy. In certain situations, it required him to cast out. In certain situations, it required him to flip tables over. And I think sometimes we think that authority looks one way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like authority only looks like miracles. Like authority, like what, what astounded the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees was heated that Jesus was doing the miracles, but what blew them away was how he was able to communicate truths with such wisdom and grace. And so I think when the decision is made to deny oneself and show God, then that power and authority and dominion may look different. It may look like meekness in the situation, like, we were talk like, uh, like Darius was talking about. Yeah, if I, if I knew all Kung Fu, and somebody slapped me and I didn't break his neck, that's power, that's restraint. And Jesus yeah. shows such a level of great restraint and meekness that we forget to talk about because I think sometimes we can become tempted to say, ah, I didn't get to display power. And Christ wasn't on a, dis on a mission to exclusively display power, but to display his father. So I wanted to just touch that yeah. point if someone could. Uh, um. I will. I think, man, so you said a lot in there uh, from the Kung Fu example, even to the gun example. And two of the things that jumped out to me immediately um, that we've been talking about, period, was understanding the assignment. Right. And having the discipline and the maturity to understand the assignment, to understand that you have the power without using the power. Right. So to both examples, um, immaturity and a lack of understanding takes the gun and waves it around to show off what they have. They doing unnecessary moves in places that they don't need to do moves when it comes to the Kung Fu, because like it's the immaturity of it. But maturity knows that at the right time in the right place, what to like, even with the martial arts, like what to use, what not to use. If I'm just defending or if I'm really, or if I'm striking, like, that's what that's that's what maturity do, does, but it comes from train. It comes from right the proper training, and the proper connection. You know what I'm saying. And so what we see with Jesus that we have to understand is what allows us when we're when we're fully connected to Him, and we're we're abiding the way that we need to abide. Then we know what time is for. Like sometimes you don't need to do certain things. Like Jesus didn't heal everybody because of some things it wasn't time for, right? Restraint, here you go. One of the, the best restraint moves of Jesus is not rushing to get to Lazarus to, to heal him, 
but allowing him to die and then going to resurrect him because he understood the assignment and he understood what the power was for at that time. So with us, what we have to begin to understand when it comes to the power, when it comes to authority is how am I controlling the authority? What is the, like, what is the, what is the purpose of it? Right. Am I using, what am I using it for? Like when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it wasn't so much about the fig tree as it was the lesson to the disciples and showing them who they were. So he had the same, he had the same power then that he had when he came in, when he was tempted. The power didn't change. He just understood who he was. He understood the assignment and had the discipline and understanding to use it where it was necessary. And so for us, we have to be led in the moment. Sometimes God may want you to lay hands. Sometimes he may not want you to lay hands. Sometimes God may want you to pray for somebody. Sometimes he may not want you to pray for somebody because we have to be sensitive to what he's doing in the moment, right? Your prayer may, may do more damage for them than it will good because God is allowing them to go through a thing to mature them. But because we don't see that and we don't understand it and we're not sensitive enough to his voice to, 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 uh, be able to recognize that, then here we are disrupting and interfering in what God is trying to do because we don't see what's going on. And sometimes God will allow us to interfere even like this, this is how good God is and how much authority that we have is that sometimes it'll prevent something that God really wants to do because he's given us the authority in the earth. So there are some things that 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 um, I remember a story about uh, and then I'll let you jump in, Justin. I remember this story about uh, this girl who was um, who was praying for her dad to be healed, but he was ready to go and he didn't want to be there anymore. And then she ran into somebody who told her, like, hey, God said, told me to let you know that the only reason why your dad is still here is because of you and your dad, like, like you have to let him go. You have to let him go. And she, she didn't want to receive it. It wasn't something that, that, that she wanted because she was believing for, for the behalf. And then she went to go see her dad and her dad felt like he calls her the next day without the conversation and tells her like, let me go. I'm ready to go. Like, let me go. And so that, to me, I use that example because, like, that's, a, that's an example of the power that we really have in the earth and, and, how, and, how, and how us being connected to God, how God will favor us and do some things for us because, because of the relationship, right? We think about, um, and I use this example on Sunday, is uh, when Abraham and how he was about to destroy the city. And Abraham was like, well, if there's just one, you know what I'm saying? Like if there, like he was saying this and, and, and God was going along with it. Like he had already made up his mind with what he wanted to do, but he was going along with it because of the relationship. So just understanding that as a part of, as a part of uh, being sensitive enough to, and being sensitive enough and understanding the discipline around having that authority and what that looks Yeah, and and um, and just bouncing off of that point, like one of the 
best definitions of meekness or meekness I heard is meekness is power under control. Yeah. You know, meekness is power under control. And so when we understand meekness is not devoid of power, but I would say another word, it is under stewardship. It is under management, meaning it's not based off of how how we want to manage or steward it. If God, right, God is our Lord, and therefore God is the one who tells us how to exude or to how to have restraint in regards to the showing of power. And, and you know, and this is where I think we see this perfectly in the life of Jesus. You know, he says, I no one takes my life. I lay my life down. And while in the world's eyes that may be perceived as weak in the kingdom, we know that that's meek, right? We know that he laid his life down was a act of power. He letting himself be crucified and said that he went like a lamb before the slaughter and he didn't, he didn't utter anything. He didn't defend himself. And we see there's other times in the past. And that's why, you know, sometimes it can, on, from, from a worldly standpoint or, or from our natural eyes or from our flesh, it can look almost contradictory. We see moments where, you know, Jesus, the, Jesus you know, defends his godhood, you know, so to speak. You know, he, he talks about, okay, no, I am the son of man. You know, the Pharisees are accusing him in his heart. It's just like, I'm not doing that wrong. Like, I'm telling you what's all your heart. Like, this, this, yeah. the display of power. But then there's also these crucial moments where, you know, he lays his life down. And not just Jesus, because I think I really like, Darius, your emphasis on things operating in dominion. Not only Jesus. We see this also in the life of Paul. There's times in the life of Paul where he, you know, he allows himself to get beat up or hurt. And there's other times where he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Don't, don't do that. Like, I'm a Roman citizen. Don't just be do or whatever there's certain times yeah. where he chooses to use his his different things for the defense of the gospel but other times where he where he lays it down and and i think that's where we see meekness in display not with uh a, a, a not with a not understanding of our power and authority but of choosing well god really choosing and letting in and, and, and us having the humility to allow god to choose when that should be on display versus when that should be withheld. But I think all of that is operating in the power of God because God and God has always has the choice and the power to do what he wants on the earth. But even we can even see our existence on the earth as an act of meekness. Our existence period is an act of sovereign meekness. He is with, withholding different things and he allows us to operate in authority on the earth because he said, hey, I've given you this authority on the earth. And in many times where he does not intervene unless we ask. And that, and that goes back to the final thing I'll say is life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that's why we really have to, if we want to operate in dominion, uh, one of the most powerful places is prayer and speaking prayer and speaking the word of God out loud because God is so meek that he will not interfere unless we speak it. Unless we say certain things, unless we utter his will on the earth, there is no kingdom come and will be done on earth and is in heaven. We are the ones that, you know, have this uh, authority that he's given us, but we have to understand it and exercise it appropriately. But also we have to be careful because if we are now playing amiss because we're not discerning and understanding the heart of God out of a lack of meekness, we can be praying against the very thing that God 
wants to do, or we can be praying for the wrong things. And, and, and maybe there'll even be times where God allows it, like what we see in the, in the desert with the Israelites, where they prayed for the meat and they got the meat, but Psalm says that it made their souls lean and it was a judgment from God rather than a blessing from God. But um, that, that's, that's, that's the only thing I want to share about meekness as we uh, close out. Come on, maturity, man. Not, Come on. not that's the only thing. You just tore us up. That's the only thing I just want to say. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Darius, man, if you could, man, I think that this was so encouraging. And to me personally, I think that this is hopefully stirring us up towards maturity. This is a, mm. this is a lot to take in, and I, I, I pray that you guys take a listen and took notes of the scriptures that were mentioned. Um, we're still going to be going on, on, on this module. There are multiple series in, in this module, um, but this was really important to me. So I really, really hope that you guys took this in. Darius, uh, would you like to pray us out, man? Yeah, I got it. Okay, boss. Uh, Father, we just honor you. We thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise, God. We just thank you for all that you are. We thank you for being I am. We thank you for your love and your compassion, your mercy, and your grace. Most, most of all, though, Lord, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. We honor your voice. We honor what you have to say. We honor your word. And we thank you for your spirit. And we thank you for moving and doing as you say fit tonight. God, I just ask you to be with each and every individual that has tapped in tonight. Allow the words that we share to penetrate your heart. I mean, to penetrate their heart, God. And we just ask that you allow them to be with them as they journey throughout this week. And allow something that you have said through us to stick with them and allow them to, to be able to reference it in the midst of the tough times throughout this time. And I just thank you, God, for my brothers. I thank you for every, each and every individual that has tuned in. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what it Amen. is. We love you guys. The podcast will be up by tomorrow, thanks to my brother Kevin. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Peace. 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 Oh, I'm the one that controls ending it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs>